I'm Matt Swain, and you're listening to the Reimagining Communications podcast, where we discuss the opportunities and challenges facing companies on the road to optimizing their communications for the future. Today, I'm joined by Hanshi Dave Kovar. He's the founder of Kovar Systems and Kovar's Satori Academies. He's also an eighth-degree black belt and known within the martial arts industry as the teacher of teachers. Dave, thanks so much for joining today. Oh, it's my honor to be here. Happy to be here. So, Dave, I I imagine our listeners are going to be scratching their heads a bit saying, what does martial arts have to do with the world of regulatory, transactional, and marketing communications? I was talking to a colleague, and she had me listen in on on a recent webinar that you had hosted for your students. And it really convinced me that your insights are highly applicable to what our listeners are working through today within their own organization. So, again, thank you for joining. Oh, like once again, my pleasure. First and foremost, talk to me about how this pandemic has affected your businesses and the steps that you've taken to adapt. Absolutely. So in my business, we have two divisions. So the primary thing we do is we have a chain of martial arts schools in Sacramento, California. We have eight locations and service about 3,000 members. Probably about 2,200 of those are kids, about 800 adults. And then the second division we do is we coach and consult other martial arts academies on best practices. And my time is split amongst the two. And this current uh, crisis has certainly affected both areas. It's ironic that when it comes to our, uh, our academies, we've been trying for the last four years to get our online and to make sure that we had all our curriculum uh, in our resource library that students could go to if they wanted to practice at home. But what we couldn't do in four years, we were actually able to do in about four days. Once, uh, once we got shut down, we actually transitioned to online classes and uh, we were up and running the very first week. We've still got just about 90% of our student body paying full tuition still. Now, there is, it's created a bunch of issues in that we're not generating any new members and we're not doing any special events or, or very little retail. We're trying to figure all that out. But, you know, what? it's kind of like we've just been doing the best we can with that and, and, and surprisingly well. And uh, it's amazing. Uh, like, you know, necessity is the mother invention, right? And then... In our, in our coaching division, uh, what it's really forced us to do is these people are paying an ongoing uh, monthly uh, subscription, right, for our services. And so we've really had to step up our game when it comes to bringing uh, quality content to our clientele. And we've also done pretty good in that regard as well. And it, reali- it makes me realize we thought we were working hard about how much more room there was to, to add more value to our, uh, you know, to our clients is what we're really focusing on. So it's not been easy and it's taken definitely some adjustments, but basically we're making lemonade, as they say. Well, congratulations on on adapting. I'm seeing across industries, people at varying levels of of readiness for moving to virtual. So you you had four years of planning, maybe, and and four four days of production to implement. That's probably more like how it is, yes. And I think that's the really interesting thing is whatever hurdles there were in those four years, there was always something else ahead of it. And then when it boils down to it's this or nothing, you, fig- you figure out how to rally around it and, and adapt. You know, it's really amazing to see how different people have handled this situation. Even within our industry, there's been a lot of guys that I know that are, they just kind of stuck their head in the sand, you know, and just said, "Ah, I'm not sure what to do and kind of withdrawn. And so many other people have just kind of stepped up and embraced the challenge to the best of their abilities. And it's, it's very clear we can't control always what happens around us, but we can always control our focus and our actions. And that has such a strong influence to the outcome, you know, and that's really all we can focus on. So that's where I'm spending my time. If I think about the 
the disruption that this pandemic has caused to our clients collectively, right? Our, our, our clients, their families, and their end customers, it can be tough to stay positive. And, and one of the things that really resonated with me about the webinar was you really talked about the, the black belt leadership mindset. And, and for those of us outside of the martial arts community, can you share some of your favorite mastery mindsets? Absolutely. It's all, it's all, it's incredibly relevant, really. So here's the deal. You know, we all uh, have a, we have a series of mindsets or beliefs about how the world works and how we work in it. The challenge is most of us didn't choose our mindsets. They, they, uh, you know, they chose us, so to speak. And that is, is we got them from the, the environment we are raised in or the education received or the experiences we had. And some of our mindsets are really powerful and serve us well, others, not so much. So let, let's imagine for a second that, uh, you were transferred, you're in third grade, and you go to a new grade school for the first time. And you get paired off to run a foot race with two other kids in the third grade. And unbeknownst to you, they are the two fastest kids in third grade, and you come in a distant third place. Your view on your running skills would have been completely different if you would have been paired off with the two of the slowest kids in third grade, and you ended up becoming easily in first place, right? And these are the kind of experiences that really shape the trajectory of, of our life and how we think. But unfortunately, they're not really kind of always based in reality. So for example, personal experience, my mom just turned 93. And when she was in first grade, she was told, don't sing too loud and stand in the back of the choir because your voice isn't very good. I never heard her sing growing up, right? Uh, like my dad was in a barbershop quartet and he was a big band singer in the 40s. And, and so I heard him sing all the time. But uh, up until a couple of years ago, I never heard my mom sing until uh, dementia took away most of her memory and all her inhibitions. And now she sings all the time. But here's what's interesting is that she actually has a really good voice, but she missed out on 86 years of singing because of something someone told her one time when she was six, six years old. And so, so once again, our mindset, some of them are powerful and serve us well, others not so much. One of the ones that stuck with me was that change your perspective and your life changes with it. Yeah, 100%. It's so true. The very moment that we're able to change our perspective and look at things differently, our life changes with it. The very first mindset, it's kind of the foundational one, is that I take great care of myself because the world needs me at my best. And here's the thought process on this, right? Just like when you get on a plane, when they're doing the flight attendant is doing their presentation, they'll always tell you, put your mask on first and then put it on a child, right? Well, it's kind of a consistent concept. I don't know about you, but I'm a better father. I'm a better husband. I'm a better boss uh, when I'm feeling good about myself. And it, we really owe it to the people in our circle uh, to take great care of ourselves. There's a There's an old... Indian proverb that goes, those who have their health have a thousand goals, those that don't have but one. And, and so the key, the kind of the paramount for everything else to work is taking a second deciding, okay, man, I'm going to, you know, what habits and routines and rituals do I currently have in place that are powerful, that are helping me, you know, develop, you know, be, maintain my health or improve my health. And let me, let me lock those and continue with those. And which ones are maybe not as powerful that I can modify, right? Because really the quality of your, your health is in direct relationship to the habits and routines and rituals that you have in place. So that's always a really good starting place. The next one is I can always do more than I think I can. And, and I'm sure, Matt, in your, in your lifetime, there's been plenty of times when you're doubted that your ability to be able to, to be successful or to complete something, not only did you complete it, but you knocked it out of the park, right? And so this is the mindset that anytime your mind starts to waver, that you take a second, you take a breath, and you just kind of affirm, you know what, I can always do more than I think I can. See, being optimistic doesn't allow you to do impossible things, but it, it helps you to realize your potential. You know, when you when you don't believe in yourself, when you're pessimistic, you, you it really eliminates the will to try. So it's really deciding to be as solution-oriented as possible. And one of the key things that I always try to do is if I have a challenge, and this has especially been 
and valuable during these times, right, is uh, position that challenge in the form of a question that assumes there's an answer. And, and what does that mean exactly? Let's talk about health for a minute. Let's just say that I've got a bad knee and I travel a lot. I could use those as an excuses for not being in better health. I could say, hey, man, I'm sure I'd like to be healthier and more fit, but, you know, I've got a bad knee and I travel a lot. And, and you might even buy into that a little bit. But it's not powerful. A better question would be, how can I maintain a higher level of health and fitness, even with a busy schedule and uh, an injured knee? And now what that does, that opens you up for possibilities. And a lot of times what we do is we, uh, we don't state things in that way. For example, for mine, for this COVID-19 crisis is how can I manage this crisis in a way that brings maximum benefit to my community? my business, and my family. And so that's the question that I pose myself every day. And what that does, that gets me really focusing on solutions uh, versus, you know, worrying about the challenges. We too often state those challenges as fact because we don't pose them as question and therefore we were kind of resigned to the challenge we've stated. Exactly. You know, and it, it really is as simple as is like, you know, when you change how you, the questions you ask yourself, everything changes, right? You can almost always come up with a solution. Innovative thinkers, what makes them innovative is they're, they're asking different questions than people that aren't. And if we can learn to do this, man, you know, just everything works better for sure. So the next mastery mindset is I know that this challenge will make me stronger. So here's the deal. We've all given advice to our friends when they're going through a hard time. We said, hey, man, you're going to get through this and you're going to be better off for it, right? We've all thought that, but it's different when it's us, right? And so the concept of this challenge will make me stronger is taking a moment. When you wake up, you get this bad, this email you were hoping you weren't going to get, right? And all of a sudden you're faced with this, this challenge is you take a breath and you think, all right, you know, you know, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to be better off for it. I don't know how yet, but I'm going to get through it. And this challenge is going to make me stronger. If you go into it with this belief, what it does, it takes the emotion out of it. It makes you a little bit more objective and it makes you less emotional, therefore calmer. And you're more likely to, to uh, come up with an appropriate solution to the challenge. And it, once again, it, it sounds very uh, simplistic, but it's, it's incredibly a powerful thing. And if you think about it, it like if you're going to sail around the ocean, around the whole world in, in, a, in a yacht, do you want a, a, the captain of the, the yacht to be someone that's experienced bad seas or someone that's never experienced bad seas? Of course, you want a seasoned sailor, right? Well, that's what hard times give us, right? So wisdom comes from experience remembered, right? And, and all the challenges we're facing right now, I, I'm telling my college-age kids how lucky they are to go through this pandemic at their age right now because, you know, all the things that my generation heard about, you know, you ought to save money. A lot of my friends never did that because there was no reason to, right? There was no, they had no basis with which to do that. But, but now at a young age, you know, they're, they're exposed to this real challenge. It's going to be a great a source of, of wisdom through the years. And so that's the idea is being objective in the moment and not, not making light of the challenge you have, but knowing, hey, man, this challenge will make me stronger. And, and it really leads into the next one, which is I remain calm even in challenging situations. And easier to, easy to say, hard to do, but worthy of the challenge. And the key thing is, is that, what does that mean exactly? Well, anytime you let the emotion get a hold of you, like in martial arts, you, you see it in, in any type of uh, combat sport where the old veteran steps into the ring or, or the cage and the young guy's trying to get in their head. But the old veteran, man, he's just, he remains calm because he knows that if he loses control of his emotion, that he's not going to do as well, right? And so being calm and centered is, is, is really the key. So how do you develop that? Well, there's a bunch of technical stuff, but it really starts out by uh, using everyday adversity as a way to develop mental toughness. That's your chance. Okay, there's nothing you can do about it. That's when you, you sit up straight, you take a deep breath, and you practice being calm right then. 
Dave, on that one, it kind of leads into that one quote that that you talked about, which was that concentrate on your upset, lose your balance. Concentrate on your balance, lose your upset. Perfect. That's so perfect. Yes. And the whole concept with that is that emotional upset and physical balance are like oil and water and they don't mix. Right. And so when we become upset emotionally, what happens? Our physical balance is really bad. So it's as really simple as uh, next time you find yourself in line at the grocery store and it's long and you're apprehensive, you pick one foot up off the ground and you just kind of balance on one foot. And it sounds ironic, but it's incredibly powerful. One one of two things is going to happen. Number one is that you're going to lose your balance. Or number two, you're going to find yourself taking a couple deep breaths and focusing on your balance and your your upset will dissipate. It really is an incredibly functional thing that you can do uh, when you find yourself a little agitated or irritated. The other one kind of plays into this, and this is a super important mindset right now, and that is I deflect negative energy. You may or may not have remembered this phrase, I'm rubber, you're glue, whatever you say bounces off of me and sticks to you. Sure. I don't know if you ever heard that growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's actually pretty good advice, Uh, you know, meaning is that you do the best you can to not accept somebody else, let somebody else's negativity affect you. Now, once again, this is easy to say, uh, hard to do, but it's worthy of the challenge. Let's imagine for just a second, what we have to remember is when someone's angry or irritated, directed at us or in general, it's really not about us. They're having a bad day. Let's imagine for a second that um, you and I are in separate cars and we're driving down the street and you cut me off in traffic. All right. How I respond to you is really based not on you as much as my mindset. So for an example, let's just imagine that I won the $10 million lottery uh, and you cut me off in traffic. I'm probably going to respond a little bit differently to you than if I just lost my job and my dog died 10 minutes before I got in the car. You know, but you don't know the difference. You only know one way I responded very graciously and the other way I responded with anger. And so the key thing is, is that next time someone spews out negativity your way, this is what I do. I just think, wow, they're having a bad day. Now, that does not mean that in a, in a business situation, if I've messed up on my side, that I'm not going to do my best to do a, you know, a service recovery, right? It just means I'm not, I'm going to do my best not to own their negative energy. And uh, it, it's, once you become aware of this, it's amazing how, you know, like I'll find myself becoming irritated and, uh, and I'll go, wait a second, you know, I deflect negative energy and it gets me to take a pause, take a breath. And it's not like all of a sudden all that negativity dissipates, but it makes me aware of it. And once you're aware of it, you can control it. I love it. And I think to your point, it doesn't give you the right to ignore the reason that somebody is upset with you from a, from a business or service perspective, but it does give you the right to take it in, process it, and then figure out how to make it right. Completely. And then especially in these times, what can you do to stand guard at the door of your mind? Like, I don't think for any of us, it's probably good to watch six hours of news right now, right? Probably is never good for us, but especially now, right? And, you know, what people do we know that, you know, in social media and other sources that are just spewing out negativity, which brings us really right to the next mastery mindset, which is uh, I accept positive energy. And that is, is that, you know, it's really important if we want to have our attitude spot on for our, our family and our business and our career, then I think it's about really making a conscious effort to set your day. Like, you know, what, what, what do you read that motivates you, right? What people inspire you, you know, Uh, what kind of things can you do to make you feel good about what you're doing? For me, that would involve exercise and quiet contemplation and reading some positive literature, because what that's going to do is that's going to set me in, in in a better state. So whatever challenges face me that day, I'm, I'm coming at it from a position of strength. And anytime you, you come at a challenge from a position of strength and being calm and centered, you always handle it better. If we look at the last 
couple months uh, from the from the time at which the pandemic hit the United States and and started to affect businesses and the way we operate. Then take that to the immediate shift in uh, blending of of work and home environments. Uh, for some people, it's becoming homeschooling parents while maintaining full-time jobs. For others, they're out of work and trying to find ways to s- sustain. Others are taking care of infants or elderly. Maybe the minds have been steeled in a sense to, the, you know, this is just a, a short point in time where we can get through this together. Now fast forward to the possibility that this could be a while and there could be a second wave. And, and I wonder if, if it takes a, even uh, a deeper application of your skill set and that mindset to really get into the zone of this isn't a, a temporary interruption of the way that I do business, the way that I live, but it's something that is going to be sustained for the, the coming period of time. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Having the right mindset and staying kind of focused and positive, it's kind of like it's kind of like bathing. You don't just do it once in a while. You know, you take a shower every day, right? And so the concept is is that it's a real conscious effort to maintain this mindset, right? This is not easy times, and they 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 may get harder. That's why we need to be at our best. I'd like to pivot back to your business as a small business owner, looking at this new normal and the temporary measures that you've put in place to sustain the business and support your staff. How do you expect these temporary measures to morph into new norms for the future? Yeah, well, undoubtedly, you know, we're looking at like transitionary program. And and honestly, I got to tell you that, uh, you know, I'm certainly concerned about our model because our model is 30 people on a mat, right? You know, that's what we do. The next hour, there's another 30 people on the mat. And, and so, you know, there's, there's a good chance that a lot of people that's not going to interest them as much. And so we're definitely got a lot of work to figure out, right? But we'll figure it out. It's amazing that how effective you can be with online classes when you have especially a platform like Zoom where you can actually interact with students. And we're actually seeing students improving in certain areas, uh, more so than we could have imagined. The class is going to be a little shorter, and that way we can allow for more classes, therefore smaller classes, more space in between, and then we're going to supplement those classes with ongoing Zoom classes. That's kind of the, the, the fix we see over the next you know, 12 to 18 months, right? Our main goal right now is to, is to keep our team that have been with us employed and busy and productive, and we 100% believe in what we do. I'll tell you what, there's three types of motivation. There's desperation. You can be motivated by desperation. You can be motivated by inspiration. Uh, the challenge with both of those, you know, hey, man, I got to pay the rent. It's the fourth of the month. I'm already late, but I got to pay it by tomorrow. You find a way. You're desperate. You find a way, right? The other one is inspiration, man. You listen to a, a, a you know, a, a podcast or read a book or heard a speech and you're inspired, right? But the challenge with these, both of these is they tend to be temporary. The, the third one, purpose, having a real purpose as to why you get out of bed, what's your, your kind of your life's purpose, that sustains you. That's what I try to focus on, you know, what, what my mission is and also uh, with my team. Uh, and then one of the things that we really focus on and what's going to help us is that it's important to understand that any business transaction, anytime you're working with a, another person, we're all, uh, there's, uh, we're more emotional than we are logical. And what that means is, is, that, is that people will make decisions based on emotion more so than logic. For example, in my business, there are people that might drive by three or four other martial arts schools to come train at one of my schools because they have an emotional connection with our schools, right? And, and so that, and we might even be more expensive, but they're going to stick with us as long as we address that emotional need. 
And so that's what we really try to focus on with our team. So like, for example, that some of the mindsets that are interactive, one of them that I think this is so important for anybody that's interacting with business is that I make others feel important when I'm in their presence. How often have you been somewhere or seen uh, somebody be disrespectful to maybe a food server or, you know, someone they're interacting with just because they could, right? Uh, versus someone that goes out of the way to treat everyone that they meet, they try to make them feel important and how, how well that serves us in the long run. And then the last mindset is, is I bring value to all my relationships. What can we do to our, in, in our community with our customers, our family, our business associates? What can we do to bring value to them? For example, uh, when, after I, I will read these my, mindsets every day, and, and if I'm at work and I do it in the afternoon, the first thing I do is I'll get up and I'll go find one of my staff members and I will, uh, you know, I'll find a reason to connect with them. And, and it's, it's amazing how just remembering this statement, how it's kind of drawn me back into the moment and got me to do an appropriate thing. Dave, that, that was great. Thank you so much for those insights. Oh, it's my, my pleasure. My pleasure. Hopefully, although they are martial arts based, they work for anyone. And to my listeners, if you're interested in learning more about these mastery mindsets, Dave actually has a podcast, The Satori Lifestyle. I encourage you to check it out. I'm Matt Swain, and you've been listening to the Reimagining Communications podcast. To learn more about Broadridge, our insights and our innovations, visit broadridge.com or find us on Twitter and LinkedIn. LinkedIn.